0: Thank <laughs> you.
1: Welcome to another episode of Ruminations of Red Rim. I'm your host, Kyle, with a K. 2023. We survived 2022. It's done. It's over. Welcome back. I'm glad you guys decided to follow us on this journey for horror. Today, I have joining me Ian, the paranormal activity himself, to... Ian what's up how's it going Kyle with a K um I'm doing good doing good peak's finally over I get to get on with my life and be a free human being you excited for anything coming in 2023 for um Megan for sure. M3 Egan? <laughs> M3 Gan. <laughs> um, no, I think it's just going to be a really great year for film. Um, Can't be any worse than last year. You know what i Oh, God. Uh, the new Sam Raimi film. Is it Sam Raimi? Or is it just the new. Year I, think it's uh, I think it's only produced. produced by him. Okay. Well, that is probably the film I'm. I'm my most anticipated film of the year. What do you think of that trailer? I'm not going to watch the trailer. Oh, you haven't watched the trailer? No, I'm going to watch it regardless. Um, Interesting. Interesting. I love all the films, and i uh, just going to
0: go in blind. Okay, I, I, I respect that. Yeah. Um, I watched it, and it was amazing. Yeah, it <laughs> was, And it also, was, also, it was, also joining <laughs> us, we have <laughs>
1: Brendan, Mr. Fantastic of the R.O.R you see you right or or see you you.
0: i I am fantastic uh i am very excited for the movies to come this year uh we have renfield which i watched the trailer for that looks pretty fucking fun um obviously evil dead rise cannot wait to see that scream six you know that i'm gonna be there uh Opening night, knock at the cabin. I loved uh, the book that that's based on. Oh, uh, not sure about how Shyamalan's gonna handle <laughs> Shyamalan. that. Even though uh, Discord member Dylan uh, thinks that, uh, what did you say about Shyamalan? Hold on, I have we a have it, we have it pinned, <laughs> pinned
1: message. Uh, this is the first comment ever said about uh, M Night Shyamalan probably ever in a positive uh, light in a positive light uh dylan on january 3rd 2023 at approximately 2 31 p.m said uh m
0: night Shyamalan is a genius period and dylan we love you um the winnie the pooh flesh and blood or blood and honey uh i'm excited <laughs> for that um but I'll, the big one is uh infinity pool the new uh brandon cronenberg movie with uh, Alexander Skarsgård, Mia Goth, It's going to be steamy.
1: I'm also going on media blackout, I think, with Scream. I don't think I need to see anything. And I don't think I want to see anything. Um, I just want to go in completely blind on that one.
0: Uh, so you didn't, did you see the new poster for it? I did. Oh, that poster's fucking dope. That, that's one of the greatest marketing posters I've seen in a very long time.
1: It's pretty good. I am excited that it's not set in uh LA. Woodsboro. No, what's the
0: town called? I'm just, yeah Woodsboro. Woodsboro.
1: Yeah. I'm pretty excited that it's not there. It like it needs to get out.
0: It how, needs how to get do, out of there. How do you feel about uh, Neve Campbell not coming back? I thought she was. I thought she wasn't nope. at
1: first and then she nope. was and oh I heard conflicting things. Uh that sucks. I wish she was, but I mean it is what it is, I guess. Yeah. Maybe so. she's gonna be the killer. Who knows?
0: Oh. they got out of Woodsboro, but she never could. Actually, no, she did. Um,
1: yeah, she would have with them if they did. Or maybe it's a virtual killer. You know, you know?
0: This is a year for
1: Kyle and survival horror. I got Resident Evil 4 remake coming soon. I got Silent Hill 2 remake coming soon. And I got the Dead Space remake coming soon. Probably like my three favorite survival horror games of all time, arguably. But I'm pretty excited about all three of those. I'm going to play the shit out of them. I can't wait. I'm also going on Media Blackout for both of those as well. Even though they're remakes, they did change Frozen Evil 4 quite a bit. So I'm excited to jump into that fresh
0: and new. Uh, c- can I ask you one quick thing, Kyle? You guys are um, we, we don't need to, to spend a lot of time on it, but I know that you and I both watched uh, a film that we are considerably deeply in love with um I, I and i think that you would agree uh, the banshees of insurance
1: oh yeah yeah it's a great movie i i really dug it i didn't expect to like it as much as i did and from the first frame i was just in and it gave me this very calming feeling the whole time even though it was supposed to be kind of dreadful in a lot of ways mm-hmm. Um, it just, I don't know, it, I vibed with it really hard. It, like, it made me feel very comfortable and I seriously, like I already put it on twice, which is weird for me. I don't watch movies that back-to-back often mm-hmm. and um, I put it on in the background while I was like cooking dinner and doing other stuff and then I winded up just sitting down and watching it again <laughs> a second time and yeah, I love that movie. It's great. And it's my first film I've seen of that director.
0: Martin McDonough. Life.
1: i like I remember when in Bruges came out though mm-hmm. like I specifically remember in theaters when it came out um and at that time I didn't know really anything about Colin Farrell or uh the director I did know about Cleese um
0: or is it Cleason? uh, uh Brendan Gleason Gleason
1: yeah. I knew about him from 28 days later and then mm-hmm. um he's also in a guy Ritchie film I think and uh yeah. I, I just like his acting i I think he's a, excellent and uh i was always sold on watching in bruges because he was in it but um yeah no i dug the movie what'd you think
0: oh i i think that uh, martin mcdonough is a spectacular playwright and a, a spectacular stage director and i think that out of all of his films because i think after in bruges there were seven psychopaths and i think that he had a bit of a head on his shoulders after um, a, a little bit of a big head based on the success of his previous film. And I felt that Seven Psychopaths kind of lacked what um, he had done previously. But this, th- this film was ac- absolutely spectacular. It reminded me a lot of Dogville in a way that Dogville is a, is a movie on a stage. And Banshee's Venture in feels like a play. On a movie, it does feel like um, a it, play, hundred exactly. percent. I would 100%. kill, I would kill to see a live version of this. Um, yeah, it would be I spectacular.
1: I haven't heard anybody compare it to that before, but that is spot on for sure. Yeah, like perfect way to describe it. Um, but but I can't, uh, yeah, I can't. I'm I'm glad you j- enjoyed it. I saw you gave it a five star and a heart on Letterbox. I did. Um, I think it's deserved. Uh, you
0: gave it a four and a half. A four and a heart. Four. Okay.
1: But, uh, yeah, it's, it's deserving, for sure, for a five. Today, we're not covering a film, though. We're going a little outside the box. We're going way back in time. To the years where it all started for these little gentlemen right here. Where we all came to be. And when we came to be, horror existed. It was there. It was living and breathing before we were even out of the womb so we're gonna go ahead and give our top five not necessarily top five favorite not necessarily best five made films that year just the five we want to talk about right now that came out the year that we were born so we're gonna start with a number five and kind of work our way around and so on and so forth going down from four to one um we're gonna start with the youngest baby boy in the group he knew, yeah, it, was I he knew it was coming he was coming we're going to start with the baby boy in the group and uh we're going to go with Ian so Ian and tell us what year you were born and just give us a little bit of uh backstory about coming out of your mom's vagina oh, well it was about 3 years ago so 20 right uh it was 1999 a stormy winter day oh, great year great year <laughs> Great year. Um yeah, it was a it was tight squeeze. Um <laughs> ninety-nine. I hate that I said that. 1999. Uh, solid 1999, yeah. Um solid movie for films, uh, but not the greatest for horror, I will say. It's probably um like yeah, it's probably going to be the worst out of out of all you guys. So what we'll go ahead and do is I'm not going to look anything up right now. <laughs> We're going to go ahead and go through the films that we've all kind of put out, and then afterwards, if we have enough time, we'll go ahead and we will just kind of Google the year and the films that came out that year, and just kind of go over the cinema as a whole. Um, but first, let's just get right into it, Ian. What is your number five for 1999? So my number five, uh, this is going to be a film that I don't particularly favorite, um, but I do feel like I have to talk about it just because it has a great impact um, on horror films in general. And um, I think it is probably the most impactful film of this year uh, of the genre, uh, which is the 1999 film. The Blair Witch Project. Um, I am. It's. It is an okay film to me, but without this, you know, I wouldn't get awesome films like the the Paranormal Activity series or as above, so below. So I I would be missing out quite a bit on uh on on some great films without without this one. Um. But you guys are probably more familiar with this uh, release. And I well, want to hear what you guys have to think about. Or, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I want to start off by saying uh, found footage films, that's like one of your favorite genres, right? Yeah. So how do you feel that like the birth almost of like the echeloned into like the spotlight for found footage happened to be the year you were created and born? does that feel? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it was meant to be or if just grew up I,
0: into it. I don't know. You. you
1: know, kind <laughs> of like the D. I guess. Um, yeah, I don't. I think it's maybe it's just coincidence that I fell in love with the genre. Um, it is definitely one of my favorites. Um, I love found footage films. Uh, I don't know why I'm getting all all teary eyed about it right now, but uh, I, I I love it. I just it's. it's it's uh, it always feels fresh to me, and there's uh, been many creative ways um, to experience. Um, found footage films uh, very especially recently, but um, yeah, it's a very creative outlet and I, I just love every bit of it, even the bad ones. What about you guys?
0: We'll go with Brendan <laughs> uh, i, I I really enjoy. I think that um that's a found footage film that really holds up uh surprisingly. Uh but I, I think set aside what it did for the found footage subgenre, I think it did a lot for marketing horror as a whole. Because okay. if a lot of people want to consider Cannibal Holocaust, the first found footage movie, and they did a crazy marketing stunt by hiding the actors after the, the, the film was released. And the and uh, Blair Witch did a very similar thing by um, not only making the actors go into hiding for, I think, six months or 12 months or something, but... It, Basically, the directors just kind of fucked with them the whole time. He had he had them writing diaries on set every day. Um, they would uh, the directors would come in during the night while they were sleeping and throw shit at the tent or steal their map or like like just the conception of that film from beginning to end is, I think what uh look at a uh, smile smile placed a bunch of extras behind the umpires at baseball games like mm-hmm. it did so much for the idea of how to market a film that i think even if it didn't succeed as a found footage movie it succeeds at how to be commercially viable when your budget's like ten um, so thousand it, dollars it's very impressive all around that is a great point. I wasn't even
1: thinking about marketing. Uh, I am very curious on how Kyle experienced the marketing and the release of this film, though. Well, I think Brandon actually hit it on the hill per- or hit it on the head perfectly because just going through this cast, I just want to set the set what's going on. Just the entire episode is going to be just constantly measing Back in my day. All right. So,
0: <laughs> <laughs> but you, ha- you have, set have that to, now. You I just want to set
1: it now. As the old guy here, I just want to set that now. But so you back in my day, like, back in my day. When this film came out, it was a huge deal, man. And to Brennan's point, yeah, the marketing was kind of nuts. Like, people didn't know if this was real or not. And, like, if people were pranking, because, like, this found footage, shit, like, was done before but not to the extent of being thrown into the spotlight and everybody being aware of it and it was at a time when the internet was around but not really people people weren't really using it so you couldn't just like google about the movie what you saw was what news reporters were reporting on the movie or commercials and things like that so the way they played up the commercials and the way they talked about it on the news was very like eerie and it was very like like almost like the reporters didn't know how to report on it they're just like this fucking movie and like these people went <laughs> missing and shit like <laughs> people are freaking out but people like the movie but it yeah no it, it was really cool and uh it was really cool to be a part of that um it was an experience i probably won't ever forget but, yeah well i'm glad we started with a uh, a bang. yeah and,
0: and he, you said your ear was going to be bad Ninety nine, man, yeah, great,
1: great year, and he also directed the best short on VHS too. You know, so um, <laughs> let's throw it over to Brendan. So he's the middle child in this episode, and we're going from ninety nine, and we're going a little further back in time. Brendan, what year were you born? And throw us with your number five.
0: I was born on a hot mid summer day in 1994 to a young sophomore in college. Oh, um, college. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so, uh, my mother had me when she was in college. Uh, I spent two years as a college student um, growing up, basically, I guess. Um, uh, 1994 for horror was not that good of a year. What?
1: I said really. Oh, yeah, no, I, I it, actually like don't know 94, it, but I imagine
0: I don't know, I feel it, like it, it would have been a good year. Fucking sucked. Um the it night. had uh there were a few standouts. It had a specific Stephen King story that we'll be talking about later. Um one of the most faithful adaptations of an HP Lovecraft story, um a very meta look at one of our favorite slasher films. And, oh, do you know what it is? I think so. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's Scream. No, I'm kidding. Um, You're not kidding? It, no, it, it's not Scream. Oh. <laughs> uh, so, the first film that I would like to bring up from 1994... Uh And this one kind of has a bit of a nostalgic taste to it because the guy who created, one of the guys who created this monster is from Williamsport, Pennsylvania, where I was born and raised. I've met him. He's a very nice guy. Uh, And that is Pumpkinhead 2 Bloodwings. You're starting uh, it off with a sequel I'm to start, a cool classic. There, I there's like a lot it. of sequels.
1: I like it. <laughs> um
0: Nowhere near as good as, as the first one, but... um, not that the first one was, first one was that great, uh, but it's just I think that the character of Pumpkinhead kind of uh when obviously when you think of horror franchises you think of your Freddies, your Jasons, your Michaels, your Candymans, Candyman, <laughs> um, but I feel like uh and and you have your, your leprechauns, um, but I I feel like Pumpkinhead kind of just kind of gets thrown under the bus a little bit too much, and I think that uh the first one specifically. Definitely <laughs> someone doesn't like Pumpkinhead. Dougie's snoring,
1: <laughs> dude.
0: Um, but yeah, Pumpkinhead 2, Blood Wings, not great, but uh, a very a very fun um direct-to-video sequel of Pumpkin Pumpkin Man Pumpkinhead.
1: I mean it's obviously notable enough to your M5. It is. <laughs> What about that film made it your uh, made it on your list?
0: Because it was scraping the barrel. Right? <laughs> it was fucking scraping the barrel, man. Okay. Uh,
1: oh that's, that's, man, that bad, huh? Yeah, <laughs> that yeah,
0: bad? yeah. Okay. That bad. I mean, I could have picked uh, Leprechaun Three, but I haven't seen it, so I at least wanted that's to a pick good something. One. I think that's I to pick. When he goes things. to Vegas, yeah. uh, you. Ben.
1: The main right. character turns into, he's like turning into a leprechaun, but it looks like a werewolf.
0: I've never seen something. It's, it's fun. It's fun. It's really fun. Uh I I like the first one. I like the first one.
1: That's the only one right. I've seen. But uh, it, it, if there was more on like somewhere that I, that it was accessible to me, I, I would watch the rest. That's fair. And the way you talk about it, Brendan—I mean, you're hyping it up a lot, so I might want to give the second movie a try. Uh, Um,
0: Kyle, what about you? For for your film? No, no. I mean, we're we're throwing the euro. Oh, we're moving on. We're moving on. Okay. So I have nothing to say about Pumpkinhead. (laughs) No, you're good. You're good.
1: Uh, We're taking another step back. 50 years. Just kidding. We're going to the great year, the year that this guy came into the world, probably one of the best years of all time in all of history. Uh, That is 1988. Okay. 88, 88. And let me tell you, um, I've gone on record before saying how I'm not a huge fan of 80s horror. Not crazy about it. I don't know what it is. I think um, I grew up with everybody talking so highly of it that I just automatically kind of started hating it. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Just something about it. Just something about the way the, the movies are filmed. The I don't know, man. Just, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't get me. But that being said, we're going to start off with my number five. My number five is actually could be a surprise probably, but I'm going to throw on Evil Dead Trap. As my number five <laughs> for the year that cow was born, you know what I'm saying. So, Evil Dead Trap was shown to me recently, recommended by Ian. Actually, it wasn't recommended. I just saw that he was hyping it up on Letterbox. So, I wanted to give it a shot based on his review. And I, I'll say the movie starts off very, very strong. Um, I think the acting is superb. But most Japanese horror films are acted pretty well. Um, Especially in the 80s and 90s, from what I've seen, they're all pretty solid. So um, it carries that on. The, like the acting is solid, the setting was kind of cool, and it kind of just gets right into it. It it has like a quick premise setup, and then it goes, it like it goes in, and the kills are really cool. Um, it's a really cool slasher film. I actually thought it was a 90s movie, so when I was looking up the movies in my year to see that it was actually 88, I was a little surprised, but. There's a lot of other films that I could have put instead of Evil Dead Trap for number five because there's a lot of other horror films out here that came out that I have seen. But I wanted to throw that in there because it was a more recent film I discovered. And I really do think, looking back on it now, I was a little hard on it the first time. And I think that it is a pretty good movie up until it gets a <laughs> little bonkers. And I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of the ending, but I think that the first, like, Three-fourths is really strong, and um, I think I'm going to actually go back and give it another half-star higher, um, which is good to bump it up to a a three-and-a-half after I watch it. And I'm going to give it a heart as well because I did enjoy the movie. I just think I was in a bad mindset the first time I saw it. Um, But 1988, Evil Dead Trap. Ian, we're going to obviously go to you first. (laughs) (laughs) Let's uh, let's hear it. This is a movie that you like. Uh, You've seen the second as well. Um, How do you feel that it um, came out the year that... uh, your Lord and Savior was born. Yeah, I'm absolutely flabbergasted. Um, yeah, yeah, that's uh, I'm is very happy that it made your list. Um, if I was born in 1988, obviously, <laughs> it would make mine. Um, that is such a great early Japanese film, uh, really? like a horror film, and man, it's it's so. I, th- I personally just think it's so well-made and the, I know you don't like the ending, but that really does it for me. And it see, it comes off as a typical slasher up until it turns into a Japanese film. And it's, uh, it's super bonkers. And um, the sequel is amazing. It takes a different direction uh, completely, but um, they are both very, very entertaining, well-made Um I love the killers. I love the kills. Um, Yeah. I just love everything about uh, the series. Brendan, have you seen the film?
0: No, I have not seen it yet. Okay.
1: And we're going to move on to our number fours. Ian, we're going back to 99. Take us there. Classic. Um, So this one, I know you guys have not seen, but I did want to bring it into conversation because um, it is a very notable film in the other side of the world. It is Gamera 3 Revenge of Iris. Uh, This is the last film in the trilogy, the Heisei trilogy. There's one more after that, but it doesn't, uh, it's not a continuation of the, the three films that were, that came before it. What's um, the name of the movie again? I'm sorry. Gamera 3 Revenge of Iris. And um, it's definitely one of the best kaiju films I've ever seen. And it is a great ending to an amazing trilogy. And I think if you followed the Gamera films up until then... Um, there is about eleven films up until then. You are heavily rewarded with this one, and um, it's just everything is amazing—the story, the the practicals, everything. It is a uh, a big. It's a big film. It's great. Um, and the reason I want to bring it up is because I wanted to see if you guys had a favorite kaiju film, or if you were into it, if or if even if you haven't seen a lot. I just want to know. What your favorites were? I don't have a favorite kaiju film. I haven't seen many kaiju film, but I will say that I really dig the art on a lot of these, like um, oh, yeah. the Arrow Video, at like like the covers, and then a lot of the comics I've seen, and just illustrations for these films. That it's made me want to get into it so much, and it's also it's also kind of a reverse effect that I have with most things where. When there's a lot of something, it's like almost intimidating to jump in because I don't want to commit to that much. But uh, with this specifically, it it's kind of intriguing because it almost seems like a perfect amount, not like a, like there is a lot obviously, but it's not like 310 episodes of One Piece or something. <laughs> it's it's like a lot shorter and they are a staple in cinema and they are a big deal for that. And I don't know, I like, I like I, I really do want to get it. Like, I'm getting all kind of fl- uh, flustered, but I do want to get into those films because um, I really appreciate um, what people take from them and their history and their background. And yeah, like I really want to get into those films. Brennan? Uh, I'm sorry. I,
0: no, that was great.
1: <laughs> I'm excited. <laughs> I'm excited for you. For, for I, when you get into them.
0: I uh, have not seen many of them. I would be very interested, but I, I think Kyle, you raise a good point. It's, it's one of those things where you have Mothra, you have Gamera, you have Godzilla, you have probably five other big franchises out there. And it's difficult to understand at what point you should start because you don't want to start with, you know, Mothra 19 revenge of the lamp or something like you, you, I think it, for films like that, it's important to start at the very beginning. Of. <laughs> I'm
1: <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I, I, yeah,
0: that was, that's <laughs> I'm glad you liked it. Um, when there, when there was no response, I was like, well, that was a bad joke.
1: <laughs> that, that was really great. good. Um,
0: but so am I correct in understanding that these films are kind of uh, the, the idea behind them is, I guess metaphorical of us dropping yes. nuclear bombs on them, kind of thing. That like that's kind of a an artistic response to that. Mm-hmm.
1: That's okay. another thing I like about them is the time period and the setting they take place mm-hmm. in. Oh
0: yeah, it's okay. so I I I think Kyle, you said you know, film wise they they have a very historical element to it, but I think also just history wise
1: mm-hmm. that
0: there's something so impressive that something positive to come out of something so negative negative. and i do have another question
1: um why do you guys think it hasn't raised in popularity throughout the years in america because we we have our own kaiju we have king kong and those movies do very well why do you think we don't explore the genre more I think we I, need to stop exploring the genre in like America, American fied versions of it. Like, mm-hmm. I think we need to get really good Japanese directors to make these things. And I mean, look at something like Squid Game and stuff like that. Like, it's yeah. not a yeah like like a cultural thing is not like a problem anymore. We've kind of like put down those those barriers. A lot of people, there's shit ton of people that are in anime now. Like, it's oh yeah, it's it, it's not even a cultural thing. I think that it's just. The wrong people are making these films for American audiences. That's my opinion. Well, I mean, mm-hmm. uh, Peter Jackson made the last King Kong film, right? Other no. than King- Ad, Ad, Adam Wingard made the last one, early two thousand one.
0: Oh yeah, yes, yeah.
1: I don't consider King Kong a kaiju film. I mean, it's kaiju I, but, just by, means monster. But, in yeah, Japanese. by 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 definition, yeah, yeah, but I, can I don't understand. consider. Yeah, but King Kong is like. A, an American staple like it's an American cinema staple you know it's not like a Japanese cinema staple it's not like Godzilla so I don't know
0: it's it, it's a little different to me you know I I think the reason why America hasn't accepted or, or even you know places like Canada and stuff haven't, haven't accepted ideas like this is because we're so fucking scared I mean look at after 911 happened all all the the xenophobia that that artistically was expressed through that's when all the zombie films of of the mid 2000s hit hit their peak you know right as we were going to war with afghanistan and we were afraid of I, this is going to sound bad but you know the majority of america for whatever reason was just afraid of brown people you know it was it's just this idea that I don't think that America has gone through such a thing like Japan did with, with the nuclear weapons that I, I I think that an idea like kaiju films with exception to King Kong. Um, I think that they're, I guess in a literal sense, too foreign to us. And I'm using that word very broadly, obviously. Um, I just, I just don't think that we could, that we could handle them.
1: So on that note, we're going to move on to Brendan's number four. Number four. Oh.
0: 1994. We have 1994's uh, based on the story by Stephen King, directed by a solid actor, a uh, solid director, Mick Garris. We have The Stand, which was technically a miniseries, but... I think that I think that that could count. Um, so I I don't know how how you guys feel about Stephen King. I think he's fine. Um, I watched uh, quite a bit of his stuff. I've read I've read what I want to read from him. I don't think I'll ever probably read any of his newer stuff because I don't find it interesting. But um, I liked the stand. It has a, a pretty solid cast in it. Sorry, I should not have. A, Closed it out. Uh, Gary Sinise, Molly Ringwald, um, Rob Lowe, you know, just uh, quite, quite a quite Shawnee Smith, isn't it? Aussie Davis, isn't it? Who's in um, Bubba Hotep, which is great. So it it's good. I I find it entertaining. The amount of uh, the amount of Sundays my mom and I have spent where the stand was on the Sci-Fi Channel, and we would just kind of you know do chores and shit around the movie. Uh, So there might be a little bit more of a nostalgic feel to that, but uh, I enjoy it. I've never read, I've never read the uh, novel, so I don't know where it stands against the novel, but um, have, have either of you guys read it or watched it?
1: I will go first. I have not whatsoever.
0: It's one of the films
1: and uh, (laughs) books. I have (laughs) not read or watched. I will say though, that in the nineties, Stephen King, uh, before I got into like reading books and shit for leisure, um, I would say that Stephen King films were, uh, they're very nostalgic to me because um, like the dark half and uh, thinner and like a lot of his like straight to the dead zone, Mm -hmm. like straight to TV movies played a lot on uh, cable television. And so I was able to have access to those obviously before streaming and all that kind of bullshit. So, um, they were on and, um, I used to watch his films a lot. So, but that is one I didn't watch. Um, I heard it's pretty good though, but yeah, I
0: don't it, know. Much it's about it. like seven hours long, six, seven hours long, maybe. Um, I, I think now I wouldn't recommend it. I'm pretty sure Mike Flanagan is either doing a remake of that or the dark tower. I don't, I, I don't remember um but it's fine it's fine it just has a really good cast honestly um and again scraping the barrel for my picks here
1: i mean that's not really scraping the barrel like stephen king was is stephen king's a big deal yeah he's the probably the biggest most popular most famous whatever author of all time like of horror and in the 90s he was like yeah, so, he was massive pet cemetery massive. yeah So we're going to go back to 1988 now. Uh, My number four pick, and 88 was an interesting year because we had so many new horror films coming out, but we also had a lot of sequels coming out. Um, My number four pick is going to be Halloween 4, Return of Michael Myers. Um, This was, you know, I was just coming out of the womb, but we were on number four for Halloween at this point. So it was pretty interesting. Um, this movie has grown on me a lot throughout the years. Uh, when I first saw it back in the day, um, I thought it was fine. I still think it's fine, but there is charm to the film. And I think that looking back at it now, or watching it now, rather, I think that there's a lot of cool qualities with background characters. And in a lot of ways, Halloween Kills kind of ripped this movie off. Um, it, it, it's kind of the same premise, and they take a spin on it though at the end with the girl, and uh, I just think it's a good. I, I think it's a good entry. Um, it's two point nine average on Letterbox. I gave it a three point five. Um, I did enjoy the film, um, but yeah, Halloween: The Year I was Born, a pretty decent one. Can't pass it up. Ian, this is your favorite Halloween, is that right? How did did I say that publicly? Did... Wait, no, no, I <laughs>
0: think you have. Okay, oh, okay, well, it
1: definitely is. It, this is my favorite Halloween, um, and uh, I, I love everything about it—the cast, the cute little uh, girl Jamie. She is uh, amazing. She's an amazing actor. She's so lovable, in, in this film, and the the ending, uh, the the twist at the end is is great. Um, yeah, I, I don't really have a, a whole lot to say. I feel like I've talked about this a lot, but um, I own it on 4K. I will own it on. 5K, 7K, 8K? Oh. <laughs> I love the, I love this one. <laughs> yeah, anything for me, Brian?
0: Uh so the girl from this, Danielle Harris, we know is an ROR alum from uh Adam Green's Hatchet? Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Hatchet? Hatchet yeah. 2. Yeah. That no, that no, one? no, she she's in the first one. I think she makes a cameo in the Her, first one. Oh no, together. no, that's right. Yeah, she's in the second one. Second the one. Right? Arm yeah, yeah.
1: is in the first one.
0: Yeah. Um is this the one with Paul Rudd? No.
1: No. Okay. That's, then I don't uh, I don't I don't remember that's this one. The one, one after H two O, which is Resurrections. Okay. Then I do not remember this
0: one enough to talk about. No,
1: it. It. it's the Curse of Michael Myers. I'm sorry. That's the one with Paul Rudd. The Curse yes. of Michael Myers. Yeah. Um Okay. So we're going back to 99 going with Ian's number three. Ian, what is your number three? Man, you guys are making – well, I mean, Kyle's got a great year so far, but um, I'm just going to hit you with Deep Blue Sea. I had to put it on the list. Um, <laughs> well, it deserves it, honestly. <laughs> I love this movie. I love the cast. Hashtag my punisher, Thomas Jane, L. O. Cool J. It's got a scar, scar. It's got Samuel Jackson. It, it's an amazing film. It's, it's my it favorite, Chuck favorite film. film. Um, I know you guys think it's mid, but, um, you know what? Dude, what? I, don't fucking, I don't fucking care. I love this movie. Okay, first of all, <laughs> I had the soundtrack in <laughs> <and laughs> deepest, bluest in my sweet player for, like, a week. Like shocks me. Okay? Um, no, this is a pivotal late 90s film. No doubt about it. Is the quality there? Is the quality there? Not necessarily. But it is a staple especially for 99 you can't i mean 90s as a whole sure but 99 i don't think you could escape the top five in the 99 when it comes to horror i mean it's just i mean you had it there for a reason number three oh, so i thought i was putting a guilty pleasure on my list no 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 i i honestly would have done it too
0: if i was 99 Hell so, yeah. yeah! it's entertaining and we're going <laughs> back to 1994 <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: Brendan, hit me with your number three.
0: Okay, we have the very sexually charged Anne Rice adaptation interview with the vampire. A lot of people call it interview with a vampire. I love this movie, dude. I um, love this movie. Yeah, it's great. Um, yeah. I haven't seen it in a long time, but I remember it's a very long movie. Yeah, I, think I think it's like two and, two and a half hours. Two and a half
1: to 45, I think.
0: Yeah, uh, but it's a good movie um using that dude antonio banderas brad pitt K-
1: kirsten dunce tom, tom cruise. cruise uh christian slater like are you
0: kidding me like, you know what i might actually insane. have to rewatch this movie
1: it's insane the cast is insane antonio banderas did i say that already yeah
0: But yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, we can say it
1: twice <laughs> <laughs>
0: um it, kyle it sounds like you have uh a lot more recollection of this movie than i do do uh besides besides the cast I, I remember it's, it it is slightly erotically charged am I correct yeah there's
1: scenes for sure there's scenes for sure but um uh, I was too young to see it in theaters I would have been six when this came out so I didn't see it in theaters but when I became cognitive of a VHS player, let me tell you this thing was on repeat a lot I used to watch this all the time and when it uh late 90s it was on hbo constantly Mm -hmm. like before you could pick what you wanted to watch Mm -hmm. and they would just loop shit this was on all the time and i used to watch it all the time i used to have it on the background when i was doing homework um it made me want to read the book uh i got really into this film um it's not a like perfect film by any means it's just one that i really enjoy i love vampires and i love the romanticizing of it and uh it like it tells a really cool story. And um, like I said, the cast, dude, is insane.
0: insane. And also, RIP to Ann Rice, we lost her, I think, last year. We did. So choked on Ian, some rice. Ha- Ian have you just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> R.I.P. Like, Ian, have, have you uh have you the menial response? <laughs> 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 or some rice out for the homie. Um <laughs> pour some rice out for the homie. I like it. Have you seen it, Ian?
1: I have seen it. I've seen it about a hundred times, uh, only in sections. Though it was my mom's favorite film, uh, or one of her favorites, one of her many favorites. And um, you know, I never really liked it when it was when she put it on. <laughs> to be honest, no, I I, I could totally see that. And um, yeah, I think it was a little too. Saying dated is a weird word because I love films before this movie, and I don't know. It just it's it's not that it's not the timepiece for me. I think it's a timepiece thing. That's fair. So we're going back to 88. The 80s, dude. Um, what else can I say? Play We Ran by Block Eagles or whatever. Um, my number three film... You know, now, I don't necessarily love this movie. I do like it. It's on my list because it's important, I think. And that's going to be Child's Play is my number three. I don't think I could have a top 588 without Child's Play on here. I think it blends a really good balance of horror and comedy. Um, I think it cut a lot of people off guard with um, how serious it took itself. And uh, I I just think it's a really good film. And I so my next three that I'll be listing, I watched within the last two days. So I did rewatch Child's Play yesterday. And it was the first time I've seen it in a very long time. A lot of stuff I forgot. And it holds up. It's a good film. And uh, it's, it's one that I need to own in my collection. I was always kind of a, I was kind of whatever about Chucky as a whole. I never got into any of his other films. I've only ever seen the first movie. Uh, oh, and I've seen Bride of Chucky, actually. Um, but yeah, it's, I, I'm not a huge fan of Chucky, but I am a fan of Child's Play, the first one. And I think
0: it's a good film. You guys have anything to say about it? Brennan. Uh, so I, I, I'm. Uh, I'm just looking up something just to make, just to make sure that I'm correct. But uh, what's impressive about this franchise is, for an overwhelming majority of the films, so Child's Play one, two, three, Bride of Chucky, Seed of Chucky, Curse, and Cult, um, it's all for the most part been under the creative direction of don mancini uh so i think one of the things I, w- I would say that nightmare on elm street's probably the only other big name franchise to have something similar but it's all pretty much uh creative uh created by the person who created the series and i think that's kind of important because you know yeah chucky did kind of get a little weirder down the line with bride of Chucky and Seed of Chucky. And then he kind of br- brought it back with Colton curse. Um, but I just, I think it's a very impressive franchise that I think goes, uh, I think, like I said about um, Blair Witch or about, uh, about Pumpkinhead, head. Um, it kind of flies under the radar. I think a bit more than it should. Look, earlier when I listed all those other franchises, I didn't even mention child's play. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, th- I think it's one of those franchises that just kind of at some point disappeared from a lot of people's radar, and it, it's so weird. I don't know. I don't know if you guys have ever seen this before. And, and correct me if I'm wrong, but this the rights of this film, the rights of this character are held by two different people, which is why when Colton Curse were coming out, they were creating the Aubrey Plaza Chucky, while Don Mancini was creating the TV show. For TBS, so I, I think I don't know. I don't think I've ever seen that before in, in film. You have one company that's creating a movie going a whole different direction, while the original creator of it is creating a TV show going in a completely different direction.
1: I'm trying to think. There has to be another example, but I'm trying to think of one. And the horror genre, at least, I can't think of one. But yeah, yeah, that that is very interesting. And like you said, it's still being carried on today. The new shows getting. I mean, great. high praise. Yeah. People love it. Um, I watched the first episode, and it wasn't for me. But um, like I said, I'm not really a Chucky fan. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's still going, and people love it. And like, I mean, wherever you go, like during Halloween, wherever you, like any spirit Halloween store or anything mm-hmm. will have you a little kid of And a Chucky. Chucky exactly. products. Yeah, yeah it's, it's, it's alive and thriving still this many years later. So we're going back to 99. Let's jump into Ian's number two. So this is a, um, a staple in my um, cinematic journey, I would say. Um, and getting into my journey, I was not a fan of Japanese films, I gotta say. Um, they are the most different from any other uh, country that I've ever seen. They make some weird stuff, and I did not understand it whatsoever. Um, so I just, I just thought it wasn't for me um that was until i ran into the ringu series and this is ringu 2 um it is a uh it, this is when i kind of started to to really dip get your an idea eye, yeah really dip my toe and get an idea of like what the acting was about what the pl- what the weird plots are and and just understand like these people have such a different culture than us and some things aren't going to make sense because i just don't no, I'm, I'm I have no knowledge of of what they're referencing or um, how they act or something like. I I, I feel like Mo rambling about this. Is, is like I'm talking about aliens, but no, it's, <laughs> it's they. It is just very different. Uh, it, it was, in my opinion. And uh, if I ever want to watch a unique film, I, I will always go to J- Japan because um, not physically, but in in the theaters <laughs> or my on my laptop. Um, yeah um it's a great film what do you guys think about it or what do you guys think of the
0: ring (laughs) we both pointed at each other we're like um (laughs) i i still don't think that i've seen i've seen the original grudge um but i don't think unless i'm mistaken i don't think i've seen the original ring um i would like to watch it i would like to do because um i know that Ju-on, uh they just all released on Aero Video Player. Not, hashtag not sponsored. Um, so I kind of want to watch all of the Juons and then all of the Ringus and then finish that with a uh, Sadako versus Kayoko. Um, just as a fun little marathon type yeah. thing. Uh, but I, I I have a I have a distinct feeling that I will enjoy Ringu more than the Ring.
1: I have not seen the original Japanese version, but I will say just as a whole how much The Ring made Japanese horror um, available to a broad audience through remakes and adaptations. Uh, The Ring remake is one of my favorite horror films of all time. Um, So I appreciate what Ring you did. I do really want to watch it. I love Japanese horror I just uh, mostly experience it in different mediums. Like, I'm really into games, and uh, Japanese horror is huge in the games I like. Like, Silent Hill is so fucking Japanese, dude. Like, that when you play it, it doesn't make sense. And it's still a lot of it doesn't make sense to a lot of people. And um, yeah, no, I really appreciate uh, it, it, at least for that, not seeing it, but I do look forward to seeing it. We're going to go to what are we at 94 Brendan 94.
0: number two. My number two is a very meta film, it is, I think, the seventh in the franchise at this point. Oh. Uh, it is West, <laughs> it is West. <laughs> Great, you scream was 1996. Okay, scream is not on my list. Great year, though. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh. Wes Craven's new nightmare. Um, I thoroughly enjoy this film. Uh, this was one of the first films that introduced me to meta film. Um, I, I wasn't able to really pick up the subtleties of scream when I first watched it or the lack of subtlety. um, I, I So this film kind of really nailed the idea in my head of what a fourth wall was and how fun it can be when the fourth wall is broken. Um, I think this is a really fun film. I don't know how the Nightmare on Elm Street fans feel about this one, um, but I, I thoroughly enjoy it. It's probably my favorite in the franchise. I have only seen an hour of this film. Uh, I was uh, probably a teenager.
1: And I didn't understand it whatsoever because it was uh, It was like she was still getting, I don't want to spoil anything, but it was, yeah, it's very meta. It's, and it's 28
0: I, years old. You can spoil it. Okay. She was
1: getting like haunted by him, but he was also an actor in the movie and she was filming a movie or she was filming the
0: movie, right? She got the script for the movie. Okay, it was, all,
1: it was all very confusing. So I turned it off after an hour. <laughs> I would like to go back into it um, and just revisit the entire series. I've never seen a single Nightmare on Elm
0: Street, so you're not missing much. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing you're missing is Johnny Depp in a crop top, which, you know. Eh. So we're going
1: back to 88. My number two. This one was a doozy, boys. Okay. So my number two is a little film called Dead Ringers. And this is a David Cronenberg movie. I watched this yesterday, and this is the first Cronenberg film I've ever seen. So I didn't know what I was going to get myself into, but this feeling of dread carried from the first minute of this film to the last shot of this film. Something about this gave me like possession vibes in a lot of ways where like I was like I couldn't help but keep watching. But then like I like I knew something bad was going to happen, but I didn't know which direction they were going to take it in. And it, it left. It's one of those classic left me on the edge of my seat the whole time. That's how I felt for this movie. It was very weird, which again, I haven't seen a Cronenberg film before. So this is my first experience. So I'm kind of just throwing it up at you right now. It was very uncomfortable, and visually, it was really interesting. Um, there was there was the moment where he has like the dream where they're connected with the umbilical cord kind of thing, or like the Siamese twin thing, and they they cut it open. It started to get very like visually dark the the further it got in the film. I'm still not entirely sure about the ending and, and, and what happened, but we'll, we'll, we'll save that for after the cast ends because I do want to talk to you guys about it, but we don't have that much time. Um, but Dead Ringers was an awesome Cronenberg movie. Came out 88. Uh, the fact that that came out when I was coming out, you know what I'm saying? It was great. <laughs> so do you guys have any thoughts on it? Have you guys seen it? This was my first Cronenberg film. Other than The Fly. Other than The Fly. But the I, I feel like everyone's seen The Fly i haven't seen the play except for no um no this was uh it, it was weird it was erotic it was um it's just jeremy irons right oh so he's, good dude. he's an amazing actor everyone knows oh he's, good and to see and to get two of him right like that's i love it this, impressive. this is a fantastic film
0: it's impressive yeah absolutely fantastic this is one of the only Cronenberg movies I have not seen. I'm looking at his filmography right now, and I think this and The Dead Zone are the two I haven't seen.
1: I'm glad I started with this one first. It,
0: Yeah, the, I, I've heard a lot of good stuff about it.
1: I'm glad I started with this one first. Like, first. Yeah. Like, I'm glad I started with a lesser known and the year I was born. I'm, I'm very happy with it. I'm very happy with this choice, guys. Very happy with it. It feels very um, David Cronenberg God, from, from so what I've love. seen so so good. I loved it. I loved it. Yeah. Um, so let's go back up to 99. Ian's number one. Um, are we doing honorable mentions or no? We got to get into number one. Okay. Number one and comes to no surprise uh, for you guys, but it is, uh, Takashi Miike's audition. It's a uh, oh. extremely unsettling film. This is, it's, it's disturbing. It's weird. It's uh it's beautifully shot. It's um amazingly acted. It's can there's not there there are no negatives in my opinion to this film. So
0: um I love it. Anyone else? Brennan. I think that I've said what I need to say about this movie in a now uh, unreleased episode. Um I I can't remember what exactly i said but i think we should release that episode as a bonus at some point um but i this is a movie that i do want to go back and rewatch this year i will say that
1: this is the first arrow video release i ever bought um i think this is a fantastic film like ian said there's really no negatives to it it's beautifully shot beautifully acted uh it's suspenseful it it's it's just a great film it's a great film and 99. It feels underrated as well. Or under known. Feels under-known to me personally. I think the horror community yeah. knows it pretty well. But outside of that, I would say yeah, it's it's definitely lesser known. Yeah. All right. Brendan, that that wraps up ninety-nine. We're going back in time to ninety-four. Brennan, hit me with your mediocre number one.
0: Uh so initially I'm I uh initially <laughs> <laughs> uh, initially, I did refer to this as an H.P. Lovecraft adaptation, and that's not what I meant to say. It is a very heavily H.P. Lovecraft-inspired film and feels more like a Lovecraft film than 99.9% of the H.P. Lovecraft films we get today. With that being said, I am going to put at number one on my list a uh, directed uh, scored, I'm sorry, scored and directed by John Carpenter. 1994's "In the Mouth of Madness." Oh, yeah. Man, you have uh, I actually
1: haven't seen it, but
0: you have Sam Neill. You have the dude from Ghostbusters. Um, isn't that guy in Ghostbusters? I could State be wrong. Puff, no. Yes. Um, but uh, this this movie just everything about it is just such a fucking trip. Um, this was one of the first film versions of a love film homages to Lovecraft that, that I had ever seen. Um, and it was just spectacular. The, the line, do you read Sutter Kane?" Just is fucking burned into my memory. Whenever I see the word Stephen King, I think of Sutter Kane. um, and honestly, that's just one of the greatest names of a horror author I think I've ever heard. Um, I cannot rep this movie enough. Um, there's a beautiful Scream Factory release of it that I'm upset that I do not own yet. So I think that I need to get on that. Has anyone else seen that? Yes, and I do want
1: to buy it. I have not seen it, but I know it's going to it be good. I love Sam Neill as an actor. Yeah. And it is a wild film. I did not know it was uh, Lovecraftian, but that makes a lot of sense now. And um, I am very happy that this is under John Carpenter's belt.
0: Yeah, same. Yeah.
1: And stopping at 88 for the final time. This is going to come as a surprise probably to you guys, but this is my first viewing of this film, and it was so fucking good that i'm surprised i haven't watched it before um it's called vampire's kiss Mm. and it stars nicholas cage and some may have already seen a lot of this movie just based off of gifs and memes online uh i didn't know that this film was the film with all of the crazy nicholas like staring and the fucking points and So when all that was experiencing real real time, it was like it was it was throwing me for a loop. This film, I'm ending with a horror comedy because I don't think they make good horror comedies anymore, or at least they're not as as common, I think, as they were. But this film is fucking hilarious. It had me cackling at certain parts of the film. There was so many funny things. Uh, dude when he he uses the couch as a coffin and flips it upside <laughs> I mean, down yeah, is so fucking funny, and when he 's talking to his therapist about how when he was fighting the bat, he was getting sexually aroused, and like all, all these things were the the movie is paced very well. Mm-hmm. the ending is really good if every time I watch another Nicolas Cage movie i 'm like, oh, this is going to be Pete Crazy Nicholas Cage, and it is like every hit film of his is peak crazy Nicolas Cage and this is so far like back and so early in his career that I I didn't think he got to that status yet but he was there and he was crazy Nicolas Cage young crazy Nicolas Cage and this movie is just it's gold dude I want to buy this movie I really appreciate this movie and I'm glad it came out the year I was born so that wraps up the five films from the years that we were born, just going uh, off the top of your guys' head, uh, we have Ian, number five, The Blair Witch Project, four, Chimera 3, Revenge of Iris, three, Deep Blue Sea, two, Ring You two, and one, Audition. Brendan, we have Pumpkinhead, two, for The Stand, three, Interview with the Vampire, two, Wes Craven's New Nightmare, number one, In the Mouth of Madness. 88, Evil Dead Trap, Halloween 4, Child's Play, Dead Ringers, and Vampire's Kiss. Some solid films, guys. Who do you think has the stronger year for horror? Definitely not Brennan. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: um,
1: no, no offense. It's uh, a toss-up, guys. I, I There's am sorry that you got 1994. <laughs> I'm going to give I, this to me, dude. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> to, I'm <laughs> going to give it to me. I mean, honestly, I think I have to. Okay. And, yeah. um, you. if you were, if you were born slightly earlier, Ian, like if you were born like 97, I think you would have stole this, but I, I love all my films. So. No, no, no your films are great. Yeah. Films are great. I think we all had strong ears. So that being said, <laughs> <laughs> I know what you're going to say.
0: <laughs> Did it slip out a little bit?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that being said this has been another episode of ruminations (laughs) of redrum the birthday boys of the ruminations radio network please be sure to follow us on twitter at of redrum that's o f redrum if you'd like to hang out with us talk movies talk games join our discord our discord invite link is in the twitter description the twitter bio description that being said i'm your host Kyle. With a gay, and joining me, we have the paranormal one, Ian. With two e's, two e's. Already twoies, talked twoies, about Michael. Twoies. This is the if I talk about one, it's implied for both. Um, yeah, have a good one. At work. Your shitty ass job. Your job sucks so bad. It's it's terrible. It's a terrible job. And you know what? It's you, you got to do it. You got to make you got to make a living. You got to pay your rent. You got to pay those bills. The bills, man. God. But, you know, just get through your day. And Brendan, Mister Fantastic. Hail ratma. Stay spooky, folks. I almost ripped open my shirt. Live. Um.
0: This was This was a fun episode.
1: Well, this has been another
0: episode. Ruminations of red rum.